Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back to Eye on the Community. I'm Vicki Pepper. A study in California revealed that the cost of capital punishment in the state has been over $4 billion since it was reinstated in 1978. And other financial facts about the death penalty show capital cases in some states costing millions more than life imprisonment. So is it worth it? Here to discuss with me is internationally recognized expert and speaker on mass communication, public relations, and communication management, David Dozier. He's also a professor emeritus in the School of Journalism and Media Studies at San Diego State University and author of The California Killing Field. Thank you for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. Why have the costs for seeking and administering the death penalty increased significantly since the 1980s? Well, I think the big concern is that we don't want to execute an innocent person And studies show that basically one in 10 people on death row are most likely innocent. The problem is uh, how do we figure out which one of 10 are we talking about? In California, we got over 700 people on death row, which means there's about 70 people that are probably innocent of uh, homicide with uh, special circumstances. And the reason why the cost has gone up, and there's you know a number of them, and when you're looking at a capital case where, in essence, the jury decides whether the person's innocent or guilty, and then they have to decide whether to seek to recommend the death penalty or life imprisonment without any possibility of parole. And when that happens, when the death penalty is on the table, the legal costs go up, the pretrial costs go up, Jury selection becomes much more complex. Latest Gallup polls late 2019 showed that about 37% of Americans support capital punishment when given a choice between that and life imprisonment without possibility of parole. So it's harder to impanel a jury when the death penalty is on the table. The trial itself is much more complex when the death penalty is on the table. Incarceration on death row is more expensive than keeping a prisoner in the general population. And the appeals process is very, very expensive under California law. All death penalty cases are reviewed by the California Supreme Court, and all of those things make the cost go up. How can life imprisonment for convicted murderers be of value to the victims' families, to those convicted, and to society, rather than imposing the death penalty for those crimes? That's an interesting question, and of course, anybody who has had a family member or friend murdered may very well want to see the person who murdered their friend or family member put to death. So it's interesting that a number of victims or co-victims, as they're called, who have lost family members to murder have come out and said, I don't want the death penalty, not in my name. It's kind of funny. There's there's a lot of things that are intuitive. Uh, 
the idea that life imprisonment would be more expensive than the death penalty. It's intuitive, but it's not true. Another thing that's intuitive but not true is this notion of closure for families. There's an extensive study that was done in Texas, which has a very active death row historically. And the local newspaper talks to uh, witnesses at executions, and these are family members or friends, and less than 3% indicate any sense of closure after witnessing an execution. And 20% report that they didn't feel anything at all. And when the average execution occurs 20 years after a person has been sent to death row, it's a long time to get closure. Whereas if somebody's sentenced to life imprisonment without any possibility of parole, I think that offers a more immediate form of closure than waiting decades for the murderer to be put to death. Several states in the past introduced bills citing legal costs as one of the reasons to end the death penalty. Do you think momentum in this way against the death penalty will continue, especially given the budget constraints many states face? I think so. I think it's an incredibly expensive activity and unnecessary. The evidence indicates the death penalty doesn't have any impact on the commission of murders. There's not any evidence that it gives families any kind of special closure. So it ends up being a very, very expensive activity that doesn't really accomplish any social good. And so as we face the uh, budget consequences of the uh, coronavirus, I think that states are realistically going to say, you know, it's just not worth it. And it might make more sense to sentence people to life imprisonment without any possibility of parole rather than engage in an activity that will siphon money away from other important functions of the government. I'm speaking with David Dozier, an internationally recognized expert and speaker on mass communication, public relations, and communication management, as well as the author of The California Killing Field. With Congress polarized, how do you see Biden getting bipartisan agreement to end the death penalty? Well, he's got certain powers that as an executive he can do on his own without legislative approval. He can commute sentences to life imprisonment without possibility of parole. Getting legislation through Congress would be somewhat problematic. And we've got to keep in mind that Joe Biden is not a staunch uh, supporter for the abolition of the death penalty. Back in the 1990s, he was an advocate, as were uh, uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton and a number of other Democrats. And it's been really the Democratic base, you know, everyday rank-and-file voters that have pushed the party to uh, an abolitionist stance, which is the official party platform now. And so I think that Biden can do some things on his own. I think it's doubtful that as long as the Republicans control the Senate that you're going to get the federal death penalty repealed. And of course, the federal government has no say over the use of the death penalty at the state level. That's going to have to be an issue that's dealt with on a state-by-state basis. What do you see as inherently wrong with the death penalty? Well, for me, it's uh, having known a uh, murderer and two of his murder victims as a teenager, I have sort of a special perspective on it. And I figured at an early age, for me anyway, it was a moral decision. It's just wrong to uh, take uh, human life in a highly ritualized manner. And especially when you look at the uh, evidence that show really doesn't do any particular good. Vengeance might seem good in the moment, you know, if you really had the opportunity to go out and kill that person that killed your family member, but that's not what happens. The death penalty is a very highly mechanized ritual conducted by people that don't know the murder victims, uh, many cases don't even know the person they're executing. And so it ends up being this 
rather savage sort of throwback to the Middle Ages that every other, you know, Western democracy has rejected. The United States is the only remaining Western democracy that still has the death penalty. And we're ranked seventh in the world in terms of the number of executions that we have. And I think all of this is a, a rather shabby record for a country that purports to support human rights around the world. I've been speaking with David Dozier, a professor emeritus in the School of Journalism and Media Studies at San Diego State University and author of The California Killing Field. Any last thoughts for us? Well, I think that, as you know, in California, we have a moratorium on the death penalty, and I suspect that it's just a matter of time before the death penalty is eliminated in California, either by a vote of the public or by an act of the state legislature. I think the last execution in California was in uh, 2006, and I suspect that may very well be the last one that, that we'll see. Where can people go to get more information? Well, I've got information on my own website, daviddozierbooks.com. The uh, last name is French, so it's D-O-Z-I-E-R. But you also can just Google the uh, Death Penalty Information Center. It's nonpartisan, and it has just a wealth of information on capital punishment in California and throughout the United States and around the world. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you for having me. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.